Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My JavaScript Story. This week, we're talking to Christopher Beekler. Christopher, do you want to say hi? Hello from Providence, Rhode Island. Providence. Now, that's a location you don't hear a whole lot. No, it's not a, probably not the most common place to find developers, but we have a small and growing tech scene here. Awesome. Well, um, you've been in the JavaScript community for a while. Do you want to just introduce yourself, let people know who you are? Uh, sure, happy to do so. Um, I've been working in web development for more than 20 years. Um, I started with JavaScript pretty much right from the start, but a lot of that early on was image mouse overs and that kind of stuff before CSS made that not a valid use of JavaScript anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've worked for a bunch of startups. I worked for a company called GameSpy. I worked for OkCupid, the dating site. I uh, was one of the early employees there. Um, and for the past few years, I've been running my own uh, website, closebrace.com, uh, which is tutorials and resources for JavaScript developers. Nice. Somebody should write complimentary material at openbrace.com. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Um, yeah, awesome. Well, you were on episode 338 of JavaScript Jabber. I was. Came out late 2018. And uh, yeah, we talked about uh, getting outside of your comfort zone, which was, I, I think, a conversation that I heard about for like three or four weeks afterward from my co-host. So cool. I'm glad to hear that it went well. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really interesting discussion. I had a good time. Yeah, it's always interesting. Um, like we get into the technical topics and people generally either like the technical, you know, the library or whatever they don't. Mm -hmm. We get into the messy, you know, human stuff. Yeah, that, that's where people either rave about it or they're like, it was at least an interesting conversation. Yeah, so. I, I think a lot of those experiences are pretty, maybe not universal, but pretty common among developers. And so yeah. uh, it doesn't really matter what uh, frameworks you're working with or whatever, you can come into a conversation like that and be like, yeah, I get it. Yep, absolutely. So one thing that I'm wondering about here real quick is how you got into programming. So... I got into programming mainly out of necessity. I mean, well, that's not entirely true. If you want to go way, way back to my uh, DOS 3.1 days in the mid-1980s uh, and a little bit of Apple IIe stuff, that's, that was just coding for fun and basic. Uh, you know, I taught myself bits and pieces here and there, but I did not really expect to be a programmer uh, at the time through uh, middle school and high school into the uh, mid nineties, I thought I was going to be an artist. I actually thought I was going to draw comic books for a living. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Turns out that uh, I really like looking at illustration and I really wish I was a great illustrator, but I 
don't seem to enjoy the day-to-day grind of practice in that particular field uh, enough to have have stayed with it. Whereas with uh, web development, which I stumbled into in uh, 1995-96, just as HTML was first becoming a thing, um, that has just stuck. And I've been doing it since then, and I still love doing it. Um, And along the way, when JavaScript became available, it just was sort of a natural progression to uh, start working with it. And then somewhere along the line, it became most of what I do all day long. Uh, you know, I can still wrangle some HTML and CSS, but I work almost entirely in JavaScript these days. A lot of work with React, um, those type of frameworks in general, but particularly React. Gotcha. So why JavaScript? I mean, you can write really fast, really deep stuff in C or Go. You, yep. you know, yeah, uh, there are friendly yeah. languages that are more friendly than JavaScript. I'm just curious. So for me, uh, at least part of what it was is just, like I said, it, I was working on the web all the time and JavaScript uh-huh. at the time was sort of the most accessible language. Uh, I dabbled a little bit in other languages that were popular during different periods. Uh, in my GameSpy days, people were using VBScript quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into PHP in sort of the mid 2000s, early to mid 2000s, um, when WordPress was becoming a big thing and a lot of people right. were adopting that, uh, started using PHP to build little, uh, little websites, mostly brochure websites, but like if I needed a contact form or that kind of thing, I would work in PHP. Um, but I found the server side necessity for that language and for others to be kind of frustrating. Um, I don't have the computer science background for, for C and C plus plus and everything. So I never, uh, I never had any formal education in it and I didn't have much of a reason to experience, uh, experiment with it. So, uh, I just kind of gravitated naturally to JavaScript because you could open a browser, open your console, hit refresh a couple of times and see exactly what you're doing as you're doing it. Um, I love and still love the speed and sort of responsiveness that JavaScript gives in terms of, uh, you know, building a web page and then you put a button on there and then you want to click the button and have it do something. You can start immediately wiring that up with, with JavaScript. No, that makes sense. I mean, it makes it, I, I guess, a little bit more approachable, but yeah, I mean, you don't have to install anything, right? <laughs> right. So if you have a web browser, you can be developing. Yep. Te- I guess technically you don't even really need a text editor because you can do so much in the console itself, especially these days. But it, you know, for me, it was just, I always had a text editor open. I always had a browser open. Uh, whatever I was working on, it was easy enough to start adding those kind of bells and whistles. Uh, the other thing that made a huge difference for me in terms of moving from more the design uh, and HTML standpoint to uh, coding uh, was jQuery, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into being able to do a lot of DOM manipulation and that kind of stuff with jQuery uh, very quickly and easily. I mean, I know it's, it's almost kind of a dirty word in the JavaScript scene at this point for a lot of people. People uh, think it's, <laughs> there's a lot of like, get, get away from jQuery happening in it. I'm not... Uh, against that philosophy i think that sometimes you don't need a lot of times you don't need jquery but man was it it just made life so much easier when you were getting started to just be able to work in a framework that you knew was going to work in every single browser and all of that it was uh it was a huge advantage at the time yeah absolutely i mean when i got into things jquery was the thing yep uh, a lot of people were moving off of prototype 
<laughs> Just let you know I how did. long ago. Uh, I used a bit of bit of proto- prototype. I used a bit of move tools also. I don't know if yeah. you remember that one. Yep. Was, uh, both of those were in my repertoire for a while. Um, and then jQuery just kind of ate that entire scene. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I mean, it was nice. It eliminated a whole bunch of problems that you, Yep. you know. Yep. Had a lot of good shorthand. And, yeah. Yep. So yeah, anyway, it, yeah, it's just interesting. jQuery. And yeah, I mean, people, yeah, I've, I've heard people saying get off of it. But um, I mean, it does the work. Yep. So it, it certainly does. I think the biggest issue and the thing that has become uh, a major focus for a lot of developers is the whole mobile scene. And when you're dealing with yeah. mobile, uh, either application or web development um, or web app development, you want speed. You know, how fast can we get to paint? How fast can we get things reacting? Uh, and so if you're downloading a library that's 30K versus one that's 3K, like on a 50 megabit connection on your desktop, that means nothing. But on a 3G connection, or if you're somewhere where data is really not good, that's a huge, huge time saving to get your, your size down. Yep, totally. So, so you get into JavaScript, you start, uh, you know, working on some of these things. What have you done with JavaScript that you're excited about or, you know, found interesting? So I think early on, uh, while I was working for GameSpy, like I said, I didn't do that much work with JavaScript at the time. But uh, one thing I did build that was sort of interesting for its era, we were not using a a CMS. This was in the days when content management systems were something you paid like $150,000 for and you had a special company come in and install it and there were like three to choose from. Uh, and so we, everything was just raw HTML with GameSpy and we wanted to do an archiving system where people could page backwards and forwards through, uh, the front page, which we updated with new content every single day. Um, and so I worked with one of the, uh, one of the coders at GameSpy, he wrote a system that would scrape everything every day and create just a a flat HTML file. Uh, and then I built a JavaScript, uh, I guess I would call it a wrapper around it that allowed you to page back and forth. Uh, and that was super fun to build and was probably the first thing where I really felt like I was programming. Before that, like I said, it was a lot of mouse overs and that kind of thing, but this mm-hmm. involved uh, a decent amount of thought and putting together all the functionality and everything. Um, moving forward more recently, um, I've worked on React applications for uh, some local Rhode Island businesses that I think are really excellent, some analytics dashboards. Mm-hmm. Um, I built uh, for a previous client a few years ago, I built a whole entire um, click tracking system, essentially similar to Google Analytics or that kind of thing, not anywhere near as complex as Google Analytics, but um, building out an entire thing that you could deploy in a single line of, of script code that would allow complete click tracking on a website um, was an interesting challenge and something I was proud of having finished. Uh, sometimes I'm a little creeped out by having written a click tracking <laughs> it's uh you know i think there's plenty of big brother happening on the web and i'm not sure that i wanted to contribute oh, to that yeah. but um it was a relatively innocuous it didn't track any there were no cookies or anything so i didn't feel too bad about it right. um and then most recently i would say that it's not something i've programmed that i'm proud of i mean i've, I've done a lot of background work on on close brace it's an entire javascript stack um, I do use a CMS, but the CMS requires you to code a lot of your own API and a lot of your own front end for it. Um, and I've been very happy with that. But in terms of accomplishment, I've 
put out just an incredible amount of tutorials on closebrace.com and in the weekly newsletter, which is a free tutorial every week for JavaScript uh, topics range all over the place uh, from like, hey, this is array.map and here's how it works to uh, I just wrapped up a five week deep dive into the Express uh, JavaScript web server for Node.js. Um, and so just the depth of content around JavaScript that I've been able to create and deliver to people um, for free. Uh, I do also have paid courses, but the amount of free content on Closebrace, I'm really proud of. Nice. I, I'm, I'm curious, how did you get started doing code, code or Closebrace? I don't know why my brain went code. Oh, I, close brace. I get a lot of code brace uh, for whatever reason. It's, it sticks in people's head, but... Um, Do you own that domain? You should. I don't, but I should. I, <laughs> I think I, I actually looked into it and I think somebody had already grabbed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I got started doing that uh, a few years ago. I was sort of casting around for um, my own business that I could get started on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was lucky enough. I, I've worked for a couple of startups that had exits there are no Ferraris in my garage or anything like that, but I, I had some spare some. cash, a uh, little bit of runway. Yeah. And so I, um, I was able to take some time and just work on clothes brace. Uh, and the reason I decided to do that is I was, I had written some tutorials in the past and put them up on my personal website just as sort of resume builders. Um, and they, the response to them was pretty good. Uh, I got quite a, quite a lot of people coming to visit the site and leaving comments on the tutorials and asking questions. And I really enjoyed helping people get stuff up and running. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe I can extend that out and, and turn it into a, a full-time gig. Um, at the moment, it's not quite a full-time gig. I'm still doing some contract work, uh, mm-hmm. sort of help keep the lights on and everything, but it is the numbers continue to grow with close brace newsletter subscribers are up over 9,000 people. Now um, I'm really happy with how things are going. So I'm just going to keep, plugging away at it. Um, but I like giving back to the community. I've had a, I've had a great career. I've been working, like I said, for over 20 years. I love working on the web. I've had awesome jobs. I've met awesome people. Uh, I've learned a tremendous amount and everybody has been really super helpful all the way through. Uh, and so being able to, to give back and contribute to that same, uh, sort of thing, you know, some people do open source. I thought that the best way I could contribute was teaching and training. Yeah, that makes sense. I I never had any designs around monetizing the podcast, but you know, it kind of wound up that way. And sure. so I I identify with a lot of what you're saying there because you know it, it it mirrors along with a lot of you know where I wound up at. So yep. So do you have any designs on the future for Close Brace? Like, are you going to do like um, more? courses or more you know do you have an area you want to expand to or anything like that i definitely do uh, i have one course that i did a while back uh that which was for react uh actually build it's an entire full stack uh react react application course mm-hmm. uh it's a little out of date at this point it doesn't use like hooks and all the new hotness that react has but everything still works right. uh, and i am working on a react native course i actually have it mostly done but i've run into a weird bug with jest that i'm working uh with the the uh, people who maintain Expo, which is a, a framework for React Native, uh, working with them to solve that. Once I once we get that solved, uh, I hope to have that course out pretty soon. Um, and after that, I think I'm kind of staying in the same neighborhood of uh, the, sort of the Facebook ecosystem, honestly, React, React Native. Um, I do a lot of testing with Jest, and I feel like people could use a sort of a short, maybe ebook sized, not, not a big massive course, but some smaller product um, that 
is just sort of a simple introduction to getting started with JavaScript testing and testing with Jest. Um, in addition to that, I actually have an idea for a, um, just like a 20 minute weekly podcast. Um, I do all of my own video recording and editing. So I'm pretty familiar at this point with being in front of a microphone. Um, so I was thinking it would be interesting to get, um, people on each week and talk about a JavaScript related subject. I have a specific angle for it, um, but I'm still sort of figuring out exactly what I want to do and how I want to do it. So I'm holding off right. a little bit on announcing that, but, uh, it is something that I'm hoping to do pretty soon. That sounds really great. Let, let me know when it comes out and we'll uh, plug it on JavaScript Jabber. Oh, awesome. Love to. Um, but yeah. And again, you know, you're, you're kind of getting into some areas that I'm, I'm interested in. I mean, I've been doing uh, 10 minute YouTube videos where I just rant about something. <laughs> it's usually something. This is dumb guys. This is really dumb. Don't yep. do it. But yeah, you know, just something out there, you know, to help people out wherever they're at. And yeah, yeah I, I love that. And uh, yeah, we've also covered React Native and, and Expo on React Roundup. Yep. We have a React Native podcast. And, you know, the, there's a lot going on in those ecosystems. It's really interesting. So yeah, know, it's a uh, work there. One of the things that I really like about the JavaScript ecosystem, it is a, a source of complaints at times, and it is exhausting, is that it, it moves really fast. There's yeah. just a ton of people doing a ton of stuff, which can make you, it, it definitely can bring that, oh my God, all my knowledge is going obsolete every six <laughs> months kind of uh, terror. But at the same time, there's always something new to learn. There's yeah. always something new to look at. Uh, and generally speaking, the, the people who are out there doing the work uh, right now are really good at what they do. They're, they're really focused on figuring out where the big issues are. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I have friends who are very heavily invested in C++, C Sharp, mm -hmm. uh, who've been coding in, in those languages for years. And they, they laugh a little bit sometimes about JavaScript because they're like, you guys are solving problems that we had to solve 20 years ago. Yeah. So it's interesting to see because we're just reaching a point where computer speeds and browser speeds and internet speeds are fast enough to actually get to those problems. Right. Um, you can do real web application development in JavaScript now and it's mm -hmm. fast, uh, but we're doing it all in, in real time, except now we're starting to do sort of pseudo compiling. It's, we're not really right. writing a compiled uh, program, but we're doing bundling and everything else. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's interesting to see all that stuff happening. And it certainly means that I'm unlikely to run out of um, material <laughs> for my weekly tutorials anytime soon. <laughs> that is for sure. Very, yeah, very true. Yep. So uh, one other thing that I'm curious about um, is how do you find the balance between what you release for free and what you release as part of a course or? That is a, an ongoing question for me. Um, so initially when I first started the site, I just had this idea for the React course and I sort of mm -hmm. built the site with that in mind. Um, and I, it's a, it's a huge course. I, I talked about it on um, JavaScript Jabber. It's like 84, 85 tutorials mm -hmm. long. Each tutorial is a five minute video, give or take. Um, but it's still a lot, a lot of content. Um, the way I've been approaching it at the moment is just, um, so yeah, so I, I think right now that basically the split is if, if I'm putting it in my newsletter every week, it's free. Mm -hmm. And if I'm 
sort of building something that requires more than a couple of tutorials in a row to get the, the basic gist of, um, that's expected to be paid content. Um, so like the, the React Native course is, uh, I think the basic right. course is like 24 tutorials. And if you go for the pro course, it's like 32, 34. Um, right. That's a big enough chunk of information that I feel comfortable uh, putting a price tag on it, basically. Um, the, the ebook that I was talking about with Jest would be a smaller thing. So it would be, it would have a, a lower price than some of these courses that I'm doing. Um, particularly because if I do the ebook, I probably won't do videos for it at the same time. So that'll speed up the process and make it a little easier. Um, but it is, as far as like the, the business end of Close Brace goes, that has been a, a massive learning experience for me just because I had no real experience in it previous to to starting the business. Uh, I was coming at it purely from a development standpoint, sort of the, if you build it, they will come standpoint. Um, turns out that's not always the case. You have to actually work on marketing. You to, <laughs> yes. You have to pay attention to this stuff. So uh, I have learned a ton and I've been doing it for uh, a little over two years now. Um, the site itself will turn to in April, but I spent some months building it and getting everything ready before that. So it's a little over two years now. And um, I'm still learning stuff constantly. It's a, it's definitely a journey. I, still learning for one thing. I'm still learning programming stuff constantly, but uh, right. the business side too is, is just a lot of new stuff to keep trying and keep playing around with. Yeah. It makes sense. You know, and, and it's, it's the same thing. I think anywhere you're at, um, you know, some people seem to have got it figured out more than you or more than I, but typically what that boils down to is, that they've kind of figured out how to get around some of the barriers that we are still walking up to. Yep. And they've just been doing it longer. So that's, that's, I think is a huge key. It's uh, early on when I got started in this, I kept talking to people who were like, this is, this is like a five to 10 year kind of thing to really build up the audience and build up people's confidence in you that you know what you're talking about and that you uh, can teach them in general, what I've found in any field. Um, I also, I'm a writer and I know other writers and it's the same deal, uh, fiction novelists. Right. Uh, the quote unquote overnight success is 10 years of hard work that no one saw. And then the overnight success happens. Uh, and I think it's kind of the same thing with establishing a, a tutorial or training business. You, you have to reach your audience. You have to find people who respond to your particular style, your particular voice, how you write, how you speak. Mm -hmm. uh, not so much the, the tone of it even, but, uh, or like, what your voice sounds like physically, but just your sense of humor and that kind of thing. Uh, yep. And as you build up that audience, then you are establishing, establishing trust with people. Um, and hopefully they come back. And so far people have been coming back for my stuff. Hey guys, let me tell you about clubhouse. I swear I've used every project management software there is out there and I hated project management software. Now I have clubhouse. Overall, it's simple and straightforward to use, but it has enough of the integrations and power features you need to get the job done without getting confusing. This means that I can use it and the non-technical members of my team can figure out what they need from it. It also makes it easy for me to zoom out and see what's going on overall before zooming back in and specifying more work that needs to be done or picking the next task for me to tackle. They integrate with all the systems that you'd expect and have a REST API for, well, the rest. If you go to https clubhouse.io slash jsstory, you can get two months free instead of the standard 14-day trial for any team size. Once again, that's https 
clubhouse.io slash JS story. Yep. Uh, it makes sense. I, I've, I've had people ask me to, you know, they find out I make my full-time living, you know, doing the podcast and then they're like, well, what do you have to do to get there? And I'm like, well, if you go back and start about eight years ago, right. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I think that's, uh, I've heard a bunch of people, for example, famous to semi-famous YouTubers, people who have like 300,000 subscribers or 500,000 or 1.5 million. So they're not in the like ridiculous PewDiePie 50 million range, but they're, they're people who are doing it full time and, and making a yeah. decent living at it. And all of them are like, all right, you know, how to get rich on YouTube. Step one, go back to 2002 or, you know, whenever yeah. it was that YouTube first launched and start doing this for fun and then wait 10 to 12 years. And then great. Yeah. Now, now you can make a living at it. Um, and I think, you know, the thing with Close Brace is that I, I jumped in and was able to go full time for a bit and then reached the end of that runway. Uh, and that's frustrating because I really want to just be working on Close Brace. But right. I am in a, a lucky position where I have a lot of good contacts and a lot of friends uh, mm -hmm. and they are very happy to toss me some contract work and to deal with me going like, okay, but I can only give you half time, you know, right. like, uh, and most of them are like, sure, no problem. Um, so that's been that's been great. It allows me to still work on close brace, still feel like I'm making progress, still do this stuff. Um, but also keep the lights on, keep the mortgage paid, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My situation was a little bit different. And essentially the way that that went was that um, I was trying to take the contracts part-time and run dev chat part-time. Mm -hmm. And I eventually got to a place where I went back to all of my clients and said, I'm really, really sorry. I haven't had any time to work on your stuff over the last two weeks. Do you want your money back? And then I had to make a decision. Yep. And I chose the podcast. So, and that's where we are now. That was three years ago. That's great. And it worked out. That's, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, I'm sure that's a scary leap to take. Uh, oh yeah. You know, it's, it's never easy unless you're in one of those lucky situations where you put something out and it just goes viral and, buys you a ton of runway right at the start, but that's, uh, those that are the happen, but not often. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the goal with close braces that I want to, I want to be doing this. Uh, I want to be learning new stuff and then helping other people learn it. Um, the way I've phrased it in the past is that I, I do the yelling at the computer so that you have, you don't have to, or at least you do less of it. <laughs> um, Love it. And so, you know, that's, that's what I like doing and that's what I want to continue doing. And I'm, uh, I'm just hoping that people will find close brace uh, and find the content useful and stick around. Yep. Makes sense. Cool. So is there anything you're working on now that we haven't talked about? Uh, let's see. I'm working on a bunch of client work that I can't talk about. Uh, so that's, that's not really doable. Uh, I am working on a, a small application with a friend of mine. Um, it is technically client work, but it is also something that we've been uh, we worked together at GameSpy in uh, 99 in the early 2000s. Uh, and she works for Oculus now uh, with Facebook. and um, But she is a knitter, uh, more than a knitter. She raises alpacas, then she shears them, then she does whatever it is you do to turn the wool into thread or yarn, yarn, I guess, and then knits with it. Um, so, and she's like, she has four alpacas on the farm. Wow. All that stuff. Um, and so she is into 
getting into creating knitting patterns and is not thrilled with any of the applications out there for creating your own knitting patterns. So we're working together on that right now. Uh, and that's going to be a web-based app. Uh, for starters, we may do sort of a native mobile app at some point, but for right now it's just going to be web. Um, and I'm, I'm finding it really interesting. I don't know anything about the knitting scene. It's not uh, an area that I'm familiar with, but um, it's an interesting challenge to be building an application whose target audience is very much non-technical people. Um, right. And she's a, she's a UX designer and she's tremendous at it. So that's really helpful too. I know that I'm not going to end up putting something out there that is unusable. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Do you have a domain that people can go check out or is it not ready yet? Uh, there's a, there's a sign up uh, for further information. It's at uh, stitchly.io, S-T-I-T-C-H-L-Y. Um, I don't think she has stitch.ly, but yep, stitchly.io. Um, so I actually, I know quite a few people in the tech industry who are into knitting. So it's, it's, yeah, not an uncommon combination for whatever reason. So some listeners may actually be a be interested or know somebody who is interested. And yeah, by all means, if you're um, you're interested in being notified when we go live, we're we're gonna push out an MVP, super basic, and start collecting feedback because that's what she does. That's her job. Um, so I don't have an ETA on that yet. We really just got started on it, but it should be soonish. Um, Very cool. So yeah. Yeah, I've thought about doing sort of a live coding thing where I walk through building like a recipes app or something like that. Nice. So. Yeah, I, I haven't done anything sort of, everything I've done is pre-written. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have a script and I do the videos right. from the script and everything. Um, it would be interesting to try something that's a little bit more off the cuff Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm kind of thinking that the, the podcast uh, idea that I had might be something where I could get a little bit more, uh, like, uh, like I said, I'd love to have some guests on and just chat with them and, uh, learn something about some new JavaScript topic each week. Um, I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Well, there's definitely uh, room for more content out there. So, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with the courses, right? I mean, I could name a few big names that have big courses out there in React or in JavaScript, but you know, there, there's a market, there's a huge market out there and not everybody goes for those. So. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's certainly a, I wouldn't say it's a saturated market, but like you said, it's a huge market. There's a lot of people out there. There's a couple of very well-known names. Um, we're, we're probably both thinking about the same guy. Um, probably. But, <laughs> um, and I, which I'll go ahead and say, you know, West Boss is a huge, yeah. huge name and very talented and very enthusiastic. And I have bought a couple of his courses in the past. I think he's a great teacher and a really good guy. I have a somewhat different approach than he has. And I think that that approach will work for some people. And yeah. uh, there's so much to cover and so many ways to cover it and everything else that I don't, I don't feel like I'm stepping on Wes's toenails or that... Right. Wes is going to destroy me just by existing, you know, right. um, I'm not, not worried about that. I think we can share the space without it being catastrophic. And certainly he's got a big, big head start on me there. So I don't think he needs to worry, but yeah, but generally it's not a competition, right? You provide what you provide, he'll provide what he provides. And then exactly that. 
Uh, it's I, like I said, I think, I think he's great. And I've yep. uh, happily sent him money and will probably do so again in the future when he's got something that I'm interested in learning, but am not likely to cover for a close brace. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of developers out there and they're all looking to learn. And, you know, it's, it's only a growing industry right now. There's more and more people who are trying to get into code. I get people mailing me every week who are like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, my day job has nothing to do with coding, but I'm tired of that. And I'm interested in this whole computer thing. So I'm trying to, trying to jump on that. Yeah. Fun, funny enough. Um, in the Facebook group for my neighborhood, somebody got on and said, I'm looking to make a career switch and how do, you know, I'm just sitting there going, okay, I'm writing a book on this, right? And I'm like, oh, well, right. if you want to grab lunch, I have lots of things to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's not uncommon for me either to get, yeah. uh, you know, at local meetups or that kind of thing. People who are, I've, I've met a ton of people, for example, who are designers who have been hearing more and more like, oh, you got you to gotta be able to code too. And so they're trying to get into that. Or, yeah, you know, people who are just completely trying to switch careers. Um, yep. So lots of new students always constantly coming in um, and lots of existing developers who are just like, if you work at a, if you work at a bigger company or, um, you know, a medium sized company, but they they do a very specific type of work or whatever, you can end up focusing on one set of technology or one approach for right. three, five, seven years. And then you look at the JavaScript ecosystem and you're like, I have no idea where to even start yeah. here. To, to get back up to date. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people, a lot of people out there. Yep. Well, I need to start uh, taking this off more toward wrapping up. If people want to find you online, where do they find you? Uh, the absolute best place is closebrace.com. Uh, that's updated every week with new tutorials. Basically, the newsletter goes out on Friday. Uh, this, the tutorials from Friday go onto the site on Wednesday. Um, the newsletter itself is... Um, available very easily right from the front page of closebrace.com. Um, you can sign up for that. You can check out my courses at uh, fiveminutereact.com, uh, which will take you to a subpage on Closebrace, but it's easy to remember. Uh, and deadsimplereactnative.com. Um, deadsimplereactnative, again, has not launched yet, but if you want to sign up to be alerted when it does launch, you can do so from that domain. Um, you can check out at closebrace.js on Twitter. Um, I always, always link the uh, weekly tutorials and I try to post a few other things a week. Um, I'm trying to get a little more into posting actual tips and tricks on that account, but uh, I'm not good at that yet. It's something that I need to get better at, but it definitely, uh, I always update with the new content and everything. Um, so those are really the best, those are the best ways, the website, the newsletter, Twitter. Um, you can always email me directly, uh, contact at closebrace.com. I read everything that comes in. I respond to everything that comes in so far um, and plan to keep that. You also can reply to any newsletter and that goes to contact at closebrace.com and um, always happy to hear from people. So yeah, I think that's, those are the best ways to contact me. Awesome. All right. Well, let's do some picks. Sure. Uh, should I go first? Yeah, go for it. All right. So I am um, a sort of a tech pick or set of picks actually. And, um, then a, a book that I just finished and really loved. Um, so the, the tech picks are, I've been working with VS code. I know a lot of people now have moved to VS code. Uh, I just fairly recently made the switch and have found 
three extensions that I, I love and really recommend. Um, a couple of them were recommended to me by a friend. Uh, one of them is called Bracket Pair Colorizer, and it uh, colorizes every bracket or brace in your code. Um, makes it a lot easier to read. It does sort of make it look like a bag of Skittles exploded all over your screen sometimes, but um, <laughs> it is it is really useful for really quickly glancing and knowing where your opening and closing braces are. Right. Uh, similar vein, there's one called Highlight Matching Tag uh, and that works with HTML and also uh, for me, it's this is really useful with JSX. Um, if you click on one tag, it immediately highlights with a little blink uh, the the closing tag for your JSX code. Uh, and the last one's called Git Lens, and it just has a bunch of Git functionality and GitHub uh, functionality incorporated right into the editor. Um, super, super useful if you work in Teams. Uh, you can see who last changed any given line and all that kind of stuff. So those are my tech picks. And uh, for a book, I just it's a little bit old, but I just finished a uh, book called The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin. It won the Hugo and I think Nebula Awards in 2015. Um, it's a sci-fi fantasy book that does not have any elves or dwarves. So if you're not into sort of Tolkien-esque fantasy, don't worry about that. Um, it has some of the best world building in a, in a sci-fi book that I've read in a long time. Uh, really, really fascinating setting involving uh, a continent that's constantly ravaged by earthquakes and people who can control those earthquakes with their minds. Um, and it is a really excellent story in addition to being a really cool setting. Awesome. Well, I'm going to throw out a few picks here. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been using VS Code as well. I'm really digging it. And uh, with the language services on there, I mean, you can write just about anything with it. Yep. It's really great. Um, and, and I also love, I, I, it seems like I wind up going to Microsoft events twice a year and talking to somebody working on VS Code. So I'll put a link into the last uh, VS Code episode that, or interview that I did. Um, I don't know if I got one when I went to Ignite this last time. So it might be from Build last year. But uh, they're always working on something. And I usually wind up talking to Chris Diaz or somebody else from the, the team over there. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I love that stuff. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, as far as fiction goes, uh, one thing that I've found, and I hope Kent doesn't mind me plugging the plugging this because uh, I, I don't know how much he's been uh, promoting it, but there's a Discord channel that Kent Dodds um, from the uh, React community has mm -hmm. put together, and it's uh, called Developers Who Write, and it's for fiction writers um, who are also developers. And uh, so they did a bunch of stuff over like uh, NaNoWriMo and things like that. Yep. And I've, I've got a fiction book. Uh, it's a fantasy novel that I've been wanting to write forever. Yep. And uh, so that's been kind of uh, inspiring me to get that done, uh, to get that written. I uh, should definitely jump in there. I didn't know that existed. I actually have written um, nine novels at this point. Uh, I've published five of them. I actually published my most recent in December. Um, it's called Elixir, if you want to go look it up. Um, it's a near future thriller. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, that, would, that sounds like an awesome community to be a part of. Yeah. Um, if you bug Kent, he'll let you in is my understanding. So cool. Um, yeah. So I, I might just post to the channel and say, Hey, I just talked about you on one of my podcasts. How do people <laughs> get in here? But, uh, yeah, there are a few hundred people in there. It's somewhat active. Um, I kind of lurk myself. Mm -hmm. 
but once I really get going on this novel, and I've been looking for kind of an escape. I've been doing a lot of D and D, which inspires some of this stuff too. Yep. Um, I may actually start posting more to it. Uh, you know, hey, I need beta readers, or um, what? What do you do when you're stuck in this situation or something? But yeah, cool. And have you self-published your books, or do you uh, have a publisher? I have the uh, the five that I've published have been self-published. Um, I did have an agent for a while. Um, the book I most recently published was the book that landed me the agent. Um, we shopped it around to a bunch of publishers and I racked up what I like to call glowing rejections. Uh, basically, I got a ton of people going, really liked the book, really enjoyed the characters, strong writing, great, great job, but we don't think we can sell 125,000 copies of this, so we're going to pass. Um, the publishing industry is a huge crapshoot and uh, it moves glacially also, which yeah. was a, a really interesting sort of shift for me as somebody who has worked on the internet for most of his adult life. Um, but uh, unfortunately my agents uh, had to leave the business for personal reasons. Um, so I am currently seeking new representation, I think is the way you put it. Um, basically I have a, a sci-fi story that I finished a, a space opera with aliens and galaxy hopping and all that kind of stuff. Um, and well, technically solar system hopping, but anyway, um, and I have queries out to agents for representation on that book. Uh, and then I just recently finished a, the first draft of a, a modern fantasy book involving a, a young woman who becomes possessed by a demon accidentally. Um, and that one's sort of a action comedy. And as soon as I clean that one up, I'll be querying agents for that one too. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'll just encourage people to go look you up on Amazon, I guess. Yeah, I have an Amazon page. Uh, my last name is spelled kind of weird, but it's B-U-E-C-H-E-L-E-R. Uh, you also can go to my personal website if you want. It's C-W-B-U-E-C-H-E-L-E-R.com. Um, or if you Google, uh, what's the easiest of my books that actually will come up? Um, the Blood That Bonds was my first book. It's a vampire book. Um, and I don't think anybody else has that same exact title. So that'll probably bring up the website for it. And from there you can find me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of all over the internet as is everybody who's been doing this stuff for 20 years. So uh, I'm not too hard to find with, with a couple of quick searches. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap this up, but thank you for coming and talking to me. Well, thank you very much for having me. I had a great time. All right. Well, folks, go check out Close Brace. We'll wrap this up and we'll catch you all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.